This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Youth Baseball Talk. Only on lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, Jim Cromer. Welcome to this week's edition of Youth Baseball Talk. And as John Smoltz says, the Rope Trainer. Everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. Make sure you check out theropetrainer.com. Happy to be associated with Earl Perrin, Chris Vernon, John Smoltz, and all the gang over at the Rope Trainer. Again, just a, a, a nice device, nice tool to safely and effectively train those young arms. And uh, while nothing's in this whole world is ever going to be sure, sure fire, we're, we're, we're just going to try to keep them out of harm's way as much as possible. These guys have developed a, a tool and a device that can address some of the overuse on the arms. Um, really good stuff. I'd ask you to check it out, theropetrainer.com. Um, going to talk a little bit this week. Um, I've, I've had a conversation with a, a few people that I've had on the show in the past and we've talked a little bit about um, baseball in general and youth baseball, where we see it going and things. And I did the show last week on the bat and the bats and the, and the role they play in youth baseball and some of the role that it plays not even on the field with, with what's actually happening in the game, more of the psychological portion of it. But especially when we talk about parents and coaches, to be quite frank with you, um, the thing I'm going to talk about today as we're right about that time, and it made me think about it because I'm also a commissioner in a select baseball league. Um, we have our uh, annual meeting uh, this Sunday that uh, kind of kicks off the season where coaches all have the opportunity to get together. There's vendors that come in. We go over all the rule changes for the year. We talk about um, everything from pitch smart to safety to, you know, we try to encourage them to do the right things, although we can't be everywhere at once. You know, things like that. But, you know, the coaches also get together and they start planning schedules and they start talking about tournaments and things like that, If you know, and they're already kind of knee-deep in that. So it made me think about something that we've talked a little bit about on the show in the past, and I've always said that I was going to make more of a, a concerted effort to address earlier on in the season, and that is something that um, that Coach Darren Hendrickson from St. Louis University came on the show and talked about one time, and ever since then it made me think about it, and that is – um, the amount of baseball that kids play, uh, really playing baseball a lot is not an issue in a lot of people's eyes that really kind of, I'm not going to say preside over the game, that, that have some influence within the game and are doing it for the right reasons and want to help and want to make things better across the board. It isn't the amount of baseball. I mean, I, I, I had a gentleman on one time that very realistically said, Jim, you played 100-and-something baseball games a year when you were a kid. They just weren't organized. You went out and played every day, didn't you? And he's right. I did. I went out and played every day. Um, the, the thought of it, though, being organized and stressful and ultra-competitive, which I'm not, not a competitive guy, and we've talked about this, it, it loses some of its luster with the kids, and I think that's some of the issue. Now, again, I know that some of you out there are going, not my kid. Nope, nope, he loves it, eats it up with a spoon. I, I know, believe me. I know where you're going. Um, my kid loved it too. But um, I'm going to challenge some coaches today to do some stuff with their practices, and I'll get to that in just a minute. And before we uh, do that, of course, I'm going to give you my, my, my quick spiel here. going to ask you to check out youthbaseballtalk.com. That's the website. It's where you can subscribe to the show. It's completely free. You'll get a notification each time the show's been released. <clears throat> happy to uh, happy to have everybody on board for that. Uh, you can also do your shopping through Amazon, through our website at youthbaseballtalk.com. It doesn't cost you anything. We get a very small, you know, pennies referral. But if we get enough people doing it, it kind of helps us with our production costs. So if you don't mind doing your shopping through our website, uh, tons of people obviously are doing it on Amazon. Uh, this guy's got more money than he knows what to do with. So somebody's doing all that shopping there. We'd ask you to do it through us. Um, the other thing you can do with youthbaseballtalk.com is actually listen to the show, and you can check out the back episodes, and we do appreciate that. As, again, I mention it all the time, it's kind of like Netflix. We've got tons of people listening to some of the first shows we ever did. So thank you so much. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, social media is such a great way for us to stay in contact with everybody out there and, and what they're looking for and the conversations that are happening from day to day. It starts with Twitter, at Podcast Baseball is where you'll find us. Uh, like to encourage you to also 
Check us out on Facebook. That's our real ass. Type in Youth Baseball Talk. Like our Facebook page. And then if you don't mind, click invite your friends. Uh, our guess is, is that if you're involved in youth baseball, a lot of your friends are as well. We'd encourage you to invite them to like our page as well. We would greatly appreciate that. You can find us on Instagram as well, Youth Baseball Talk. And, of course, uh, we wouldn't be here without the great people at lineupmedia.fm, the fastest-growing podcast company on the planet. Check out lineupmedia.fm for a podcast that's worth your entertainment time, besides ours, of course. Uh, they've also just launched Yo Radio. Google that, Yo Radio, the newest Internet sensation um I, i'm telling you it's a it's a great internet radio station you'll you'll love it great music great great talk uh just an interesting new format that we're happy and, and proud to be a part of um like to uh address this i guess for lack of a better term this this challenge that i have for you guys and again it started with a conversation i had with darren hendrickson and the more people i talk to that are involved in roles where they see things from above and they really don't have any truck in the game. I mean, they, 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 they don't have any dog in the fight. They've got no kids playing where they got none of this. They've been through the, the, the rigmarole. They've seen all this. I think a lot of people to some, some surprise would be uh, on more of the side that playing a lot is not a problem. It's just that the kids are playing too many quote unquote competitive and organized games. And when when you start talking about competitive, you start talking about a lot of high leverage stuff. You start talking about a lot of stressful situations, both mentally and physically. Um, now, I, I'm not here to say that that doesn't build character and doesn't bring out the best. In some, I, I'm for all that. But does it have to be 24-7, 365? I, that's kind of my question. Now, that being said, I, 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 lo I would have loved to have played all the time, I think. Because I played every day. Would it have changed if it, if it was every day with a bunch of coaches and parents standing on top of me? I don't know. I mean, I didn't live that way, so I can't speak. But what I can say is that I see more and more and more of our younger generation getting more and more frustrated with, you know, it's one thing for parents to stand over kids with their grades and, and being a, a good person and morale, all that, all the social problems that we have. But, man, you know, they get out there on a baseball field or a soccer field, but whatever field you want to get on or court, whatever it is, swimming pool, ice rink, and just have parents stand over them the entire time and bark at them. Now, does that mean I'm not for teaching? Absolutely not. Um, I've said for a thousand times over, and I'll lead the parade on this one. Uh, teaching's great, but we can all be better in how we teach and our approach. Uh, and I'm hoping that more and more coaches every day are, are getting better in how they do that, of course. Um, that being said, uh, I, I love the theory of unorganized practices, and I challenged some people last year, coaches to schedule in unorganized practices. Uh, I had some coaches do this and contact me and tell me it was the best thing they ever did. I also had somebody call me a communist because they said I, I was taking the, the winning out of it and I was making our kids weak because they, they were part of this uh, generation that, that, that lost its competitiveness and, and, and will to win, which, okay. Um, I guess, if that's how you want to want to view it. Um, but I had a lot of people get a hold of me and say, Jim, we did it, and I got to tell you, it was awesome. We had a great – the kids had a great time. They were more receptive when it was time to practice because they felt like we kind of gave them their time. So um, I thought it was a nice thing, and I got a lot of good feedback from it. So I'm going to challenge you, and this is the challenge, guys. Um, you know, number one, and I will say this first and foremost, and I fell into the trap as a coach – and I even found it hard, even when I knew that I wanted to be better about it, I found it hard because of the schedule. And that is this. Number one, we don't practice enough. Way too many games. So let me ask you this question. While playing games is great, and ultimately you build your craft to play in games, when you're developing, how can you develop without actual practice? Because when you play in a game, how many swings do you really take? How many ground balls do you really get, right? And unless you're pitching, how much pitching do you do if you're not the pitcher of record that day? How many fly balls do you get? I mean, how much do you really get to do in a course of a game, right? So in practice, hopefully during your games and things, you're taking notes and you're working on things you need to work on, putting a game plan together. But that being said, you can do so much at practice. So practices are very important. And <clears throat> I see it too many times that so many darn games – there's just never time to practice. And then we get on kids because they're not doing this or they're not doing that. Like my favorite is you got to stay back on that curveball. Well, how often do you work on hitting curveballs? 
or you got to hit that ball. You know, all the things that, that get barked out of a dugout, well, how much have we worked on them? You know what I mean? I mean, we can sit here all day long and say, do this and do that, but are we really working on them? You know, it's hard, really hard to work at home on hitting curveballs. I mean, we, we challenge our kids to work at home, um, <laughs> and that's fine, but golly, I mean, what are we doing? I mean, are we practicing? I mean, we I caught us doing it, and we kind of talked about it as coaches, you know, barking at kids to do this and do that. And one of us looked at one another one day and said, man, wouldn't it be nice if we could work on that in practice instead of just telling them to do it at games? And, boy, it made a lot of sense. I mean, it was almost hit you over the head sense. Um, you know, so practice time is important. That being said, I also think something that, again, we challenged people to do and was really cool was, and this is the challenge, at least once a month, at least once a month, if not twice, take the kids to wherever you practice and drop them off. Leave them all the stuff. Tell them to play, to divide up teams, play ball, and have a good time. You'll see them in a couple hours. I mean, <laughs> I know people that did it and called me and said, Jim, unbelievable. The reception from our kids was unreal. They loved it. You know, and again, I, you know, when you do something like that, you anticipate getting some things. And we do. And I did get them. I got the questions, right? I got the, so you expect me to drop the kids off with real baseballs, baseball bats, and just let them go. And it's like, well, I mean, we did when we were eight or nine. Okay, yeah, but you know what? I, I don't I don't drop my kid off anywhere and leave at eight, nine years old. I, you know, it's like, okay, that's fine. And, you know, I, I'm not going to argue about how to raise your kids or what – or where you live, or or what's acceptable, not acceptable. I, I I'm part of all that. I ran like a crazy person when I was eight or nine years old, and I didn't even live in the greatest of neighborhoods. And now I live in a great neighborhood, and I I don't you know our kids don't run around at eight and nine years old all over town. So I get it. Okay, new day, new age, whatever. That's fine. So take them, take them, take them out on the field. Give them all the stuff. Take your chair and go as far away as you can. They don't need to hear you cheering. They don't need to hear you barking. They don't need to hear you do nothing. Just go far away where you can keep an eye on them if that's your thing. You know, I, well, I need to be there in case somebody gets it in the face with a ball. Well, okay. I mean, I, that's fine. I understand. I mean, accidents happen. Um, you know, coaches, uh, well, you know, that's valuable time. It is valuable time. You're darn right it's valuable. I don't think we understand how valuable it is given the opportunity to let the kids do it themselves. Let them learn from their own mistakes. Let them have competitive desire from their own failures and successes. Let them figure things out on their own without an adult always making all the decisions for them, always fixing everything for them, always handling everything for them. Let them handle it. Let them figure it out. Well, they're going to argue. Yeah, they are. We did too. You know, somebody's going to get picked last. Yep, I was picked last. I mean, I was picked first and last. You know, yep. Yep. I mean, these are all things that we don't give kids enough credit to handle. I mean, I, again, I, I don't, I'm not telling anybody how to do anything. It's a challenge, folks. I, I cannot tell you, you know, how much. Don't give them a mound. Let them pitch just like we did. No stress. Downhill on the mound is stressful on the arm. Let them go out there and just and tell them all, say, look, man, we're playing a lot. Of, you know, we've got games. We've got our own practices. We're coming out here. I don't want anybody throwing more than an inning. All you guys take turns throwing an inning to one another and have a good time. You know what I mean? Just <laughs> it, it's not that difficult. And, again, if, if, you, if your answer to this is, Jim, I've got to be honest with you, man, we've, we've only got so much time to practice. Well, then you're not practicing enough. Take a look at your schedule and the amount of games you're playing. How much better can you really get playing 70 games versus playing 45 games and practicing more? I promise you, do you have zero proof that playing 70 to 100 baseball games a year is going to make you any better than playing half that and practicing? I would like some proof because I don't know anybody, anybody, worth their salt in the game of baseball that teaches it at the best levels, whatever level you want to go. I'm talking for those of you that feel that there's a big time level at eight, nine years old, that's fine if that's what you want to do, up to 12 and 13 years old, up to the high school level, up to the college level, the minor league level, the pro level. There's not one person involved in the training and the, and the growth and development of those athletes at whatever age they are that are good at what they do 
that will side on, oh, yeah, absolutely. Play, play as many games as you can, screw practice. And I'm sorry for the rest of you out there going, well, I never said screw practice. I mean, we're going to practice. No, no, no. Not a one of them either is going to agree with, oh, yeah, if you got got 100 dates, definitely play 80 games and, and practice 20 times. None of them are going to agree with that either. I promise you that. Not at that age. So, again, you know, <laughs> if, you, if your answer to me is, well, we don't have time for that, well, then you need to make some time and reevaluate what you're doing. I mean, if you're playing every weekend and playing in league, I mean, come on. Number one, no matter what you say, no kid wants to do that. They may act like they want to do it, and they may want to make you happy. Number one, 12-year-old kids want to be 12 years old occasionally. <laughs> I had a nut job kid that loved baseball, but I promise you when he was 9, 10, 11, 12, all the way up to 15 now, he wants to be 15 sometimes. As much as he likes to play baseball and as much as he works at it, there's sometimes he just wants to be 15. And as much as you, you know, you're out there going, nope, nope, I promise you, if your kid's 12, if you've got a 12-year-old and you're going, no, Jim, I'm telling you this is all he wants to do, he wants to be 12 sometimes. It's amazing if you let him be 12 and if you let him be 15 and if you let him be 8, how much more they'll give you when it is time to work. Now, does that excuse kids that don't want to work at it but yet want everything handed to them? No, it's a complete another conversation. This thing here, without fail for me, is an important thing to do because you just don't see it anymore. I'm not going to sit here and claim that this is where some of the love for the game has gone from our youth today. They say it's a problem. I don't know. I know. I, I know. All I know is this. I see a lot of kids playing baseball only because of what the world that I lived in. But they tell me less kids are playing. I'll have to believe them. I know what I do see less of. I drive by diamonds all the time during the day in the summer, and I drive by diamonds at night, and I drive by open areas of the field, and I never see kids in there playing. And every time I do see kids doing something, especially with baseball, I see five, six grown men standing out there with them, barking at them. And again, some of you are doing a great job. My hope is all of you are doing a great job. That's not my point. I'm not degrading anybody standing over guys teaching. But, I mean, I, I cannot tell you the last time I drove by a field and saw a bunch of kids playing ball and no adults out there. I can't tell you when the last time it happened. I just think it's important. Adam Rosales, if, you, if you're familiar with him, I've had him on the show before. He is a like a journeyman-type player that has carved out a really nice career in the major leagues, being a utility guy, being a great clubhouse guy. Um, just a tremendous guy. He has this want to bring back a Sandlot mentality to baseball. Follow him, Adam Rosales. Okay, he's last year he, he got traded to the Diamondbacks at the trade deadline. He was with Oakland this year. He's with Philadelphia. He's been with various teams throughout his career. Google him though, and follow him on Twitter and Facebook. This guy, you know what he does? He gets with uh, his sister who helps him with this, I believe, and his agent and stuff. And when he goes to to a new town, sometimes. He'll get a hold of somebody there and say, hey, I'm going to be in town for a weekend series. How about on Saturday or Sunday or whatever or fr whenever, you know, his schedule, how about you organize a Sandlot game with just a bunch of kids and I'll show up and I just want to play baseball with them. He does it all the time. They're the greatest pictures. And these kids, you know, they're not in uniforms. They're, not, they're just dressed in baseball clothes and he gets in there with them and sometimes he brings somebody with him. I'm telling you. You can see the joy in these kids' faces and the joy in Adam's face. He's a tremendous guy. And I'm not, I'm not saying all pro players, you know, they're wrong because they don't do it, but God bless this guy for doing it. I don't think we understand the seriousness of it. And that's all I'm asking people to do is take the time, take a look at your schedule, and say, you know what? Okay, Jim, you know what? I I'm going to try it. I think you're a little off off your rocker here, but uh, and you know what? We're a very serious team. We're AAA major or, or whatever, all star, whatever your league is, whatever you are. You know, we we got to get our games in because you know if we're going to play in the World Tournament, we're going to play in the World Series. We got to get our points, so we got to do this and that. But you know what? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna buy into this. We're gonna schedule one or two of them. I'm telling you, it'll be the best thing you ever did. And some of the guys that did one or two last year, like man, we're doing it once every two weeks this year, Jim. It is their kids had so much fun. And I'm telling you, it, the fun and the joy that comes back with it, guys, is tenfold. 
Let the kids play. Let them figure it out. Let the don't give them any. Give them just give them one mandate. Say, look, and I understand we have to be this way these days. Okay, hey guys, you're gonna throw a lot, so you know flat ground, no mound. You guys just throw to one another. You don't even have to throw it as hard as you can. Just get out there and throw to one another. Play ball, have fun. Work on throwing strikes. That's what I want you guys to do. Just work on throwing strikes. Flat ground, you know, seventy, you know, eighty percent throws. Just, just throw. Just, you know, let's make plays, guys. Let's have some fun. Try it. I'm telling you, it's the only mandate you need. Let the kids call each other safe and out. Let them argue. Let them figure it out amongst themselves. You know, let them set the bound. Let them set the rules. Let them do their thing. I, again, it's just a challenge, and and I I I can't tell you how much. I think you would enjoy it if you tried it. And, I, and, I'm, and my, my next part of the challenge is I challenge anybody that does this. I would love, I'll, I'll make a deal with you. The first, the first few guys that, that, that commit to doing this, I want you to, 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 to get a hold of me. And I want you to come on and talk about it. Okay? I want you to come on and talk about what you observed by doing it what you felt like your kids got out of it. And if you want to come on and say, I got to be honest with you, Jim, it was a disaster. And let me tell you what the problem is. I'd love for the, that's fine too. I'm not, I'm not adverse to having a counterpoint on the show, but I would love for guys to come on and talk about doing it. I'm telling you, I, I think back to when, you know, when we were, you know, we live in the Midwest and we've talked about it a lot. We would start in January and the funnest year we ever had training indoors we rented an indoor soccer place, and, you know, we were there for, for two hours once a week on the weekend, and <laughs> we practiced for, and we, we did a, you know, we, we had a nice practice, and we told the kids, here's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to go an hour and 15 minutes and try it, and we've got a plan, and the bottom line is if you give us a good practice for an hour and 15 minutes, we're going to play wiffle ball, you know, five on five, you know, five on six, six, whatever the thing was. You know, I think I might have played on one of the teams and made it even, but we played a little version of our own Indian ball, a left field ball, whatever you guys, bleacher ball, whatever you guys call it. We, we made our own rules. I let the kids get involved in it. And as long as they gave us a good, uh, we said, listen, we're going to work on some stuff. And when we're done, we're done. It should take us about an hour and 15 minutes. It gives you guys 45 minutes of this. And i tell you what, it was the funnest time for those kids. You know, we didn't, we did, you know, we didn't preside over them. We didn't do it. We just sat back and laughed, went and went on our own, went and sat out and did our, I'm telling you, it was worth it. The kids loved it. I, I can talk to my son about it today. And he remembers some of the fun stuff, you know, the first home run they hit into the netting and, you know, cause you'd make home run walls and things. I'm telling you, it just gives an opportunity for kids to do things and, and, exp and, and, and really kind of get outside their comfort zone because everything's not so serious. They can explore who they are and explore failure and explore successes and do things and, and learn and, and, and grow and love the game and have fun. I mean, you know, play, Tony Gwynn, play hard and have fun. That's Tony Gwynn said that all the time. Play hard, have fun. I never played as hard as I did them when I was just with my friends. It meant something to me, man, because I was with my friends and I wanted them to know that I could, you know, I, there's just something about it. It's hard to describe, but it was fun, too. And we treated it like it was the World Series when we were 10, 11 years old and played out, outside every day. I think you'll find your kids will approach it that way, too. And again, I, I challenge you to do this. I challenge you to contact me and say, Jim, we're doing it. And, I'm, and I would love for you to do it. And I'd love for you to come on. Tell me about it. Because I'm telling you, it will make a difference, okay? It will make a difference. I want to thank everybody for the comments. Um, I had quite a few back and forth on the bat thing last week. Um, you know, that was an opinion, folks, okay? I'm going to give my opinion sometimes. Um, some things I don't have, I'm, you know, I don't, it isn't a data thing or, a, or an analytical thing. It's not a, a proven technology. I, I don't care. And I'll be the first to that. If I've got data on something or if somebody gives me something and I research, I'll tell you this. Most of this stuff is opinion. OK, I don't have any data for Sandlot being good, this being good. I don't. But what I do know is there's, you'll, you'll never convince me that playing 100 games and practicing 10 or 15 times a year during the season is, is good. You're never going to convince me of that. And you can say, Jim, well, you're just nuts. And that's fine. 
But when it comes to uh, some of the other stuff, it, it's going to be an opinion. And I just know what I've seen in youth baseball. And I don't see any reason for the bat. I see zero reason. And the argument of, well, you know, my kid's really small. He needs that bat. That's, that's not a good excuse, guys. It's just not. My son was little. He, he's still not big. He still doesn't hit the ball very far. But it, I, the, 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 there's a, the game of baseball is played in so many aspects, so many ways that have nothing to do with hitting a ball and getting some benefit out of the fact that the bat is doing some of the, it just, it just seems silly to me to even say it out loud. And again, not here to be critical, not here to criticize. It's just something that I feel. And again, I find a USA baseball to take it serious and do this. And then I find pushback. And I had a, I had a conversation with a guy who's a tournament guy and they're not going to use the USA bats. And I know why he's not doing it. It's good for business. Come on over here and play our tournaments. You can use your hopped up trampoline bats. Come on over. For all of you that don't. So you're going to have a bunch of people going, yeah, we're going to go over there. (laughs) These games are boring. Well, God forbid a real baseball game where you get a lot of uh, that's played like it is at the major league level. A lot of, you know, a lot of balls in play with with uh, unless you get a dominant pitcher, of course, but a lot of balls on the ground, a lot of balls hit with plays being made. We wouldn't want that. No, we wouldn't want that. What we want are a bunch of trampoline balls in the gap and over the short fences and rocketed through the infield, even though they roll over on balls because they're hit so hard with these bats. And, and let's face it, we all play on infields that are like rocks. So, I mean, God forbid. So kind of my thought on that, of course. Now, again, back to this week's subject, my challenge to you. Schedule some unorganized practices. Let your kids go out there and have a blast. Help them as much as you think you need to, but really, truthfully, let them handle it themselves. Do what you got to do to make it happen. I challenge you to do it. I'm telling you, the first few people that get a hold of me and say, Jim, we're doing it, I'd love to come on and talk about how it's changed, or for the good, for the better or worse, to be completely honest with you. All right, I appreciate uh, you, you taking a moment and listening to me there. It's time now to get into the, uh, the segment portion of the show. I know everybody looks forward to this as we've got some great contributors. It starts first and foremost with my good friend and yours, Kurt McNabb, from the wonderful Dirtbag Baseball Nation in uh, that wonderful country of Canada, of all places. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we think about baseball much, but let me tell you, they're playing it in Canada, and they're doing it right. Uh, Kurt McNabb's an example of that and everything Dirtbag Baseball Nation does. Uh, the rope trainer people have agreed with me and have tagged Kirk to be their spokesman and kind of get the word out for him and talk a little bit about the rope trainer and how it can can help you and yours. Uh, plus, uh, I love to hear Kirk when he just shares his general thoughts on the game of baseball, where we can improve, things we can do, uh, and just really the overall thinking process of the game of baseball. So, as we do each and every week, let's hear from Kirk McNabb with his uh, rope report, brought to you by his good friends at theropetrainer.com and, of course, Dirtbag Baseball Nation. Take it away, Kirk. Welcome back, Dirtbags, and thanks, Jim. Nice job on the show today. I hope everybody's week went well. We had a fantastic week here at Nation, finalizing a new partnership between a back company we work with and an association that we do all the training of their players, coaches, and parents. It's just another piece of what we do, and it's always gratifying when we can match great products, training aids, and trainers in some cases with players, teams, or entire organizations. I hope that you've been following along with me here on The Rope Report as I've been talking about the importance of building your own personal culture or your culture as a team and or organization. Please continue to go back and listen to any past reports as they are always accessible to you. This week, I want to dive into the importance of character and the actual timing of this is very ironic because this week on Twitter, one of our followers and good friends from the beginning Brad Pearson tweeted, Character, the place inside of you where the things you say, the things you do, and the decisions you make come from. Fantastic. And thanks for not only sharing this, but including Jim and I on it. It truly means a lot to us when our followers, members, and most importantly, friends, think highly enough of us to include us. So again, character, the place inside of you where the things you say, the things you do, and the decisions you make come from. I'm asking each and every one of you to take that, write it down, and then look at it, study it, eternalize it, and then start jotting your thoughts down in regards to how these three areas 
relate to you personally. Do not write it down on based on what you think the rest of the people involved in your baseball world perceive you to be in regards to these areas. At this point, it's what you think of yourself only. So you can find out what kind of character you presently have. If you like what you say, what you do, and the decisions you make, then say so. And if you need to do better, then know what area needs fixing, or maybe you can do better in all areas. Based on whether you're a player, coach, or parent, you can now start to evaluate whether the rest of your friends, teammates, coaches, parents, players, children, etc., would rate you in each of these areas. Gathering all this information is one more must-have element coming up with your overall culture because, like I always tell you, knowledge is power. And this is pretty insightful knowledge of why you are who you are or why you believe in your culture 100%. It's a daily review here at Dirtbag Baseball Nation so that we stay on the right path of building your mindset but just as importantly on maintaining the overall fun factor for everybody we work with, from players to parents as well as coaches. How do I relate character to the rope trainer? It's because character is a leading factor in our decision making here at Dirtbag Baseball Nation of who we work with or what companies we affiliate with. From the moment they sent me a rope trainer to try out, I knew as a pitcher that they nailed it with this training aid because of what was required of me physically to use it properly. Yes, I was further along. Uh, sorry, yes, I was further along than most first timers, but that was great because I knew that the rope then could be used from beginner to pro. Secondly, the rope could teach on its own without a coach or parent being present, which really excited me. So from there, I went back and talked more with the rope trainer guys to find out more about their character and reasoning for inventing the rope. I found them to be straight-up honest guys who had the same passion and vision for improving arm health with all baseball and softball players as I do. They already had a great product, but they continued to collect data from PV Baseball, who the Atlanta Braves actually just signed to do the testing on all their players in their own organization. They also offer a warranty. Also, MLB Hall of Famer John Smoltz and his personal trainer, Chris Verna, fully support and endorse the rope 100%. I talk with Chris routinely about the rope, but more importantly about getting great insight from him on stretching and warm-up routines for our players based on positions. He has 30 years experience in the business. Why wouldn't I utilize him? And he has the character to back it up. It's also during this time we realized we are all on the same mission together and they introduced me to Jim Cromer here on Youth Baseball Talk. Jim and I spent several times just talking and getting to know each other's characters and cultures before joining forces on this mission of helping educate and build great players, parents, and coaches. It's because of our culture, character, contagious attitude, commitment, and belief in each other to this vision that we bring the Rope Report to you. Instead of being three separate companies, we came together to provide all of you with one, the opportunity to get a training tool that will make a complete difference in your warm-up time, mechanically, as well as strength. The rope trainer can be used with any throwing program, which is an additional huge advantage. Two, even though we here at Dirtbag Baseball Nation have a specific throwing program, we build the best individual because everybody is different. So we don't cookie cutter develop any pitcher, catcher, or hitter. Due to high demand, we will be offering our throwing program online very soon. So stay with me on that. Our saying here is we build the best you, but you have to bring us the best you every time. What completely separates us and makes us a difference maker is that we train each individual mentally while training you physically because as I've said before when you are only trained physically which happens in 95 or more percent of the times and I've been doing this a long time you will only end up a half a player we develop your mindset so that you can be successful with or without us and that's what each of you should want since developing 
your mindset is very personal, our clients contact us personally for this service. We will also be offering this service online as well because of the players and parents who have already reached out to us and started with us. In the meantime, you can contact me directly for more details on this at info at dirtbagbaseballnation.com. Three, Jim is the right guy and a fantastic host as or for Youth Baseball Talk. You all know his knowledge has grown immensely, which allows him to continuously bring you great guests, and I personally encourage you dirtbags to tell everybody you know that they should be signed up to receive this podcast. You all know this show provides you with outstanding content and entertainment, so let's really push the Youth Baseball Talk name to everybody you know and blow this thing up. It's in you. You know it's the right thing to do. Start doing it for us, please, please, so we can get this done. I've gone on too long, but you know I'm all fired up about this because you all know what I'm talking about is needed and real truth. Like in Jerry Maguire, help us help you. Contact us, like us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Dirtbag Baseball Nation. And get your rope trainer right now if you don't already have one by going to www.theropetrainer.com and enter Dirtbag5 at checkout. Thanks as always for listening, and please send us your questions and feedback to info at dirtbagbaseballnation.com. You have my guarantee that I personally will respond. Until next week, get up, get after it, and get dirty. Great stuff as always from Kirk. And again, I appreciate uh, him and I appreciate the people at the Rope Trainer kind of listening when we said, hey, uh, you need to kind of have somebody come on and talk a little bit about it. We get a lot of questions from people. Okay, Jim, I'm, I'm interested. I've checked it out. What do I do? How does it help? Great stuff. Great people. They've got everything you need over at theropetrainer.com. Check them out. Again, as John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. So check it out. Uh, and, and last thing on the rope, for all you guys that are running camps, especially pitching institutions, pitching programs, if you're running camps, there is a way for you to utilize the rope trainer, and uh, and um, they will assist you to use that as part of your camp. So make sure you get a hold of them about that. They can tell you how you can incorporate it as well. Uh, let's go now to my good friend and yours, Justin Stone. As each and every week, he brings you his EliteBaseball.tv training tip of the week. If you haven't checked out EliteBaseball.tv, I really encourage you to, especially now as you guys are planning your season, you're looking at practice plans, you're doing a lot of stuff. EliteBaseball.tv, you will not go wrong, I promise you. Justin Stone, Travis Kerber, love those guys and what they're doing. You won't find two better guys in the industry. Take it away. Thanks, Jim. Justin Stone from EliteBaseball.tv. And this week's topic is one of the most difficult things as we progress from our training situation in the wintertime going into a live game situation is timing. Timing is extremely difficult for young players for the mere fact is they're not sure when they need to get started. And number two, oftentimes they are reacting to the pitch before they ever move. And here's how I describe timing in a very simplistic way. Think of timelines like in school where we learned about in history class. We have a starting point, we have an ending point, and a bunch of things that have to happen in the middle. Well, the starting point in our hitter's timeline is the pitcher's mouth. The end point is the ball crossing home plate. And within that, there's a lot of things that have to happen. Pitch recognition, selecting the pitch. We know the pitch takes approximately 0.4 seconds to get to home plate, and the swing takes about 0.2 seconds to launch. So it gives us 0.2 seconds to recognize the pitch and then begin to put our swing on it. And by that time, the halfway point, the brain has already calculated the contact point at home plate. And really at this point, it's almost on autopilot. So what does this mean for the hitter? That means if we start timing late, if I'm not moving with the pitcher, and an easy way to think about this is if the pitcher is moving, I better have some rhythmic moving as well. We've also done a study that shows that big league hitters will all advance their center of gravity, that means their belly button, is gaining ground upon pitcher's release. If it happens later than that, if the pitch is out of the hand and the hitter has not begun the advance, that means we've narrowed our timeline for the hitter that took 0.4 seconds. Now we're trying to do all of these different things in maybe two thirds of that time. So basically what we're doing is taking something that physicists say should be impossible already and making it truly that. 
We don't have enough time to react, to put our mechanically sound swing on it, so it becomes a jumbled mess. You've heard us talk a number of times about hit good hitters having good tempo. And good tempo can lead to good sequencing. This is the body's ability to garner all of its energy, send it through the body in a kinetic chain, and then out the bat like a whip. So we can get 75 to 95 pound kids to swing the bat with pretty good velocity because we're getting their entire body into the ball. However, if you start late, which many young kids do, we're not doing this kinetic energy transfer anymore. And basically, the body is now just in survival mode, defending itself from the ball and swinging pretty much just with our upper body. This looks like a very rushed tempo and sequence. It looks like the hitters swing with all upper body force and arms, and we're not going to get much behind this hit. So the converse of that, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to increase my timeline. If I can make that timeline bigger, if I can start even sooner, I can always deal with having more time as a hitter. I can't do anything as a coach to help the hitter when he's running out of time. So I want our hitters to, if anything, we start on the early side of timing. If I begin my stride process before the ball is leaving the hand, I can always deal with having a little bit more time. And I want to make my errors on the front side of timing. It doesn't mean I'm chasing the ball with my body, but we know for a fact that our best bat speed is going to happen out in front of us. The lift portion of our swing gives us a better chance to do some damage with the pitch when it's out in front of home play. When I start late and I'm defending myself from the ball, our angle tends to be steeper in the descent of the bat into the zone. I'm defending myself off of a ball and generally just hitting it and pounding it into the ground. So what do we learn from this? Start early, give ourselves a chance by being slow, rhythmic, allowing the body to harness more of its energy versus starting late, being rushed, and just being defensive. A great way to do this is a couple of drills that we've listed on EliteBaseball.tv. One in which I really like is getting a pitcher behind an L screen just to simply go through his or her motion and then have a hitter go off of the pitcher and hit the ball off of a tee. So there is no moving ball in flight, but the pitcher can give the hitter feedback now to whether they started the body's forward advance on the pitcher's simulated release. This puts the hitter in a timing situation in a non-threatening way where they're not manipulating a moving ball. It's simply doing the dance with the pitcher. That is one I really like to get the feel of that slow, rhythmic process in starting on time. The other one that we can do in a big group setting, which coaches like to do when you're doing your indoor drills this time of year, is doing that same simulated drill with just dry swings. Have players partner up, have one go through the pitching motion, have the other one work off of the motion of the pitcher and make sure they're getting their load stride on time. So now we can see, as the coach goes down the line, is the body advancing on the pitcher's simulated release. For more drills like this and get your timing set, visit us at EliteBaseball.tv today. And as always, I'm Justin Stone, and we'll see you on the field. Great stuff as always, and I appreciate those guys like no other. Um, it's a little bit of a haul for me, but I try to get my boy up there uh, at least twice a year. And then uh, he's getting to the age now where he can communicate on his own with Justin, send him some videos, Skype with him a little bit. Um, they've got some amazing things and amazing tools, guys. Make sure you check them out, EliteBaseball.tv. Uh, our newest partner and my newest friend, and again, I just love the guy. I love what he brings to the table. Uh, his impact is to, to kids that he has the opportunity to be involved with is second to none. Dirk Dombrowski, as he comes to us each and every week now with his precision impact uh, tip of the week, of course, um, you know, he's always going to talk about some things and kind of how they relate to what's going on out in the, out in the world of baseball. But um, please don't forget that his friends and, and, and the company that he's a part of, PrecisionImpact.ca, um, you know, their business model, very streamlined, automated. They outsource all their warehousing and shipping to third-party logistics companies. That's what keeps the price down and enables you to take advantage of some of their wonderful products. They do have volume discounts. Don't forget that. They're coaches for them. You know, they're building a community through Facebook and their YouTube channels. Make sure you check that out. They're always looking for your honest feedback. And now, special thanks to our friends at Precision uh, Impact. Happy to announce that all Youth Baseball Talk listeners will receive 10% off. You simply go to precisionimpact.ca. Take a look. Uh, you know, your sand balls, whatever, your weighted balls, whatever you want to do. Take a look at what they have. Uh, very simply, when you check out, they've got a special code for all youth baseball listeners. You're going to receive 10% off, and the code is Youth Baseball Talk. Very simple. Uh, use it at checkout. 
Uh, get your stuff today. And again, let's hear from Dirk Dombrowski now with his Precision Impact Tip of the Week. Hey everybody, welcome to Precision Impact, and this is Dirk. And in this segment, we're gonna talk about pregame routine for coaches specifically. Now, once again, that is defined by relating to the period of time before an athletic competition. Now, things differ a little bit for coaches as it does for players. And in today's segment, we're gonna talk a little bit more in depth about what that consists of. Now, getting and being prepared is crucial for a coach. And that consists of a little bit different than it would for a player, where it's more or less staying on task and letting your players know what color your jerseys you're wearing, what color the pants, making you sure you have the right equipment at the game and not forgetting anything, whether it be lineup cards or baseballs or anything like that, being extremely prepared, and also having your players accounted for, knowing which players are showing up that day, which players aren't showing up that day, are you at the right field, if you're at a way field, does everyone have the directions? Now that's you being a very proactive, making sure that all your players have no excuse for being late. Visualizing success, this is something I do early on in the week, Visual, especially if I know the team, visualizing how I want to see the game go down. How quickly do I want to see the first couple innings go? Do I want to see my pitcher go late into the game? And then when you can visualize this, you can start actually conveying that to your athletes and they start to see the picture that you've painted for yourself. Now, your job as a pregame coach is to facilitate and guide your players in a number of different ways. Primarily, you're going to discuss the game plan for that day. You want to discuss the way you want to see things go down, whether you're, how your approach is at the plate, what kind of team is this, all those types of things. You're going to discuss that as a team or maybe individually with each player. Create a relaxed environment. This is crucial because for our players' pregame routine, we talked about how important it is to be relaxed before a game. And as a coach, it's important that you provide an environment that they can be relaxed in so that they can finish and continue their pregame routine. Discuss each player's role. This is something really valuable to me that I do with each and every individual kid on the team. Now, when you have larger teams, it might be a bit more difficult, but when you're dealing with smaller, younger kids, it's important that they know their role, whether they're sitting on the bench or they're starting pitcher or starting shortstop. It's crucial that every single kid knows their role and what is expected of them that day so that they can start including that into their pregame routine. And if they're not a starting pitcher or if they're in the bullpen, they know they don't have to get absolutely warm for the first inning. They know they have time to relax. Maybe they're gonna start watching the hitters from the other team a little bit more closely so that if they come in in relief, they're very prepared because they know what their role is that day. Uh, stay ahead of the timetable. Now things are gonna happen before game, timetables get moved up, and if you stay ahead, you can get in everything that you need, whether it be an innie Audi, maybe it's uh, hitting with the team before with slugs, maybe it's uh, BP, front toss, soft toss, or T work before game starts. It's important to stay ahead of your timetable so that you, again, can create that relaxed environment, no one's rushing, which can leave time for other players to include their unique pregame routines, whether it's playing a game, two ball, flip, whatever like that. If you're ahead of the timetable, there's more time for flexibility. Uh, inspire your athletes. Now this can be done as a group, but it's important to get them excited for what, what is about to happen, to inspire uh, confidence in them. They're, even a pregame routine doesn't necessarily guarantee uh, uh, confidence. So your job is to make sure that you're painting them a picture of what you're about to see, the kind of kind of group of kids that you have amongst yourselves, fighting for the guy next to you, working as a team. We did another video on teammate. What does it mean to be a teammate? So it's really important to reiterate some of those facts and get them inspired before a game starts. And finally, aid in your players' pregame routine, which which is very crucial. It's, you might have a certain routine that you have, but it's important not to alienate other players and not give them enough time to make sure that their pregame routine's fulfilled. Again, they're gonna have 12, 15, 16 players, and I get it, it can be difficult to aid and make sure everyone has an individual um, pregame routine, but if you can be flexible and help them accomplish their pregame routine, you're gonna, be a, you're gonna see a completely different team. You're gonna see a completely different player when that game starts. You're gonna see someone relaxed, confident, prepared. And so when you give them that time and you review it with them, maybe it's talking about the team you're about to play. Maybe it's giving them a little bit extra time for some extra balls off a tee. Maybe it's allowing them to have an elongated game of, uh, of toss. All these things, if you're flexible and you're helping each individual kid and in pairs have uh, a very successful pregame routine, which is a part of your pregame routine as a coach, you're gonna see a really, really valuable and successful team play each and every game when you cater to them, not just yourself. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns about some of the stuff we talked about, I know there's a lot of stuff to talk about, but these things are really important to me. Leave us a comment down below and let us know. Thanks. Hey guys, thanks for checking out our video. 
If you're a coach or athlete who wants to improve your game, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and like our Facebook page so that you can stay up to date with the latest coaching tips, training techniques, and baseball information. Also, if you're looking for professional quality baseball training equipment, check out our website at precisionimpact.ca. We sell a variety of training tools such as plow balls, weighted baseballs, resistance bands, heavy hitting baseballs, and much more. Not only do we have the best prices and warranties, but we also have amazing customer service and free shipping for orders over $25. So come check us out at precisionimpact.ca and start making an impact in your baseball career. Great stuff as always and very, very uh, excited about having Dirk a part of the program now. He really fits the mold of what we're trying to do here. And again, I can't think of a, of a better person for my good friend Phil Chow to have uh, represent his company here on Youth Baseball Talk. Again, check him out, precisionimpact.ca. And don't forget, when checking out, use your code word uh, in the coupon, Youth Baseball Talk, and receive 10% off of your order today. All right, guys, that's my challenge for you this week. Please don't forget it as, uh, as I'm looking forward to hearing from you. I know last year I enjoyed the conversations I had with people. Again, first few people to get a hold of me, I won't even put a number on it. We'll just see what kind of response I get. Um, anybody that wants to come on and talk about how it helped you, if you want to have a conversation about why you think it doesn't work, I'm happy to have that as well. Uh, always looking for, for innovative ideas or just great practices that you don't need to reinvent the wheel on. I mean, things that you may do that, uh, that you find works for you and does a couple of things. Teaches your kids how to play the game. Teaches your kids how to enjoy the game. Teaches them how to play hard. Teaches them how to have fun. As, as like I said, I love Tony Gwynn. What a, what a player. What a great man. And again, you know, play hard, have fun. What a great motto. Sounds good to me. Don't forget to check us out, youthbaseballtalk.com. Listen to the back episodes. Listen to this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show there. And if you would, please, do your shopping through Amazon as well. Find us on Twitter, at Podcast Baseball. Hit us up on Facebook. That's our big ask. Type in Youth Baseball Talk. Like our Facebook page. Click invite your friends and all your friends that are involved in youth baseball. We'd greatly appreciate it. Find us on Instagram at Youth Baseball Talk. And, of course, special thanks to everybody at lineupmedia.fm. They're the fastest-growing podcast company on the planet. Highly encourage you to check out their newest internet radio station, Yo Radio. Just Google it. You'll love it. I promise. Going to have a baseball channel just for shows like mine and all the rest of them. Excited about that to no end. And, of course, my producers, Andrew Allen, Brian Crock, all they do to put the show together, I can't thank them enough. I'm your host, Jim Cromer. This is Youth Baseball Talk, and we will see you on the field. Tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball Talk. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. Find us online at youthbaseballtalk.com, facebook.com slash youthbaseballtalk, or on Twitter at Podcast Baseball. Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.